Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. After I read Deuteronomy 28, you understand my heart now that why I am so serious about teaching the Word of God. And I myself are very serious about doing what I preach. I'm the type of preacher who would do what I say. I will not just preach hate knowledge to you and I do something else. I want to obey what God says. So today I hope I can finish the teaching on this subject called the meaning of the glory of the Lord. I taught already two times the meaning of the glory of the Lord. Today, so many songs that we sang talk about the glory. Let the glory fill this house. What does it mean? The glory fill this house. We need to understand anytime as a believer, anytime we say glory, every time we say give God the glory, do you understand what it means? That's my question. I think it's important to understand this big word. In the past times, we learn that the word the glory means God's standard of his moral excellence. He is perfect, and his moral is perfect. There is no sin in him at all. He has a very high standard of morality. And Jesus himself came into the world 2,000 years ago to show that God is without sin. In the book of Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned, we all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. If we can change the sentence, for all have sinned and fall short of God's standards of his moral excellence. No one is perfect except Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And because Jesus, while he was walking on earth, he was so perfect in his level of morality. The Bible said that he showed the brightness of God. When you are so full of the glory, you have the brightness of his morality. In the Bible, Hebrew chapter 1 verse 3 say, Who means Jesus? Being the brightness of his glory. You remember at the time that Jesus was born, the shepherds saw an angel who gave them the message that the Son of God was born. At that time, the Bible said the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. The glory come with brightness. I shared this sermon in Thai. And somebody listened to my sermon in Thai. I finished the teaching in Thai already. And the person who listened to my sermon sent me the picture right away. Because I share about when you are so full of the glory, you shy the brightness of God out of your life. The glory comes with brightness. So the person who took this picture went with me to Berlin, Germany, 
for the mission trip. And I sat there, have the picture with these two couples. And the person who sent picture to me say, at that time, these people were not in the fire yet. They were not in revival. So they say that, look at us. I mean, these people are not dark. Don't take me wrong. These all Chinese people, Chinese Thai people. They're all white in color. But in the picture, they say to me, it's not fair. Pastor Lau, why you look so bright? And I believe it's not me. I believe the glory of the Lord was on me. And this is one of the examples of how the glory of the Lord can manifest through the physical body when other people did not have the glory. I just show you example. This picture came from somebody in Thailand. So I show you how many people want to look like that? How many people want to look beautiful and glorious? You don't have to put a lot of makeup on. You look so glorious and beautiful because the glory of the Lord is on you. Last time we also learned that the glory of the Lord means the weighty presence of the Lord. In the Hebrew language is kabod. Kabod means heavy presence of God. So anytime you say glory, his standard of moral excellence, you need to understand all this definition all related to one another. When he shows up, when the manifest presence of God shows up, he himself comes with his standard of morality. He never sinned at all. There is no sin in God. So he show up with a thick presence. I love the thick presence of God. I want God to show up in my life, touch me, fill me up. I experience a lot of tangible presence of God in my life so many times. Sometimes even in the locker room, in the hospital, God show up and I start to laugh and start to cry and God make me drunk in the Holy Spirit, even in the hospital, sometimes in my car, sometimes at the dining table, sometimes in the hotel. God show up and visited me and I feel the presence of God upon my body. It's so wonderful that the living God come and touch you and show himself to you. Amen. How many people love the tangible presence of God? How many people want the thick presence of God to be on your life? Amen. Hallelujah. Last time we learned that when the presence of God comes, when the thick presence of God comes, human beings have reaction. And one of the emotional reactions is that we are afraid. We are fearful. When God shows up, sometimes people run out of the room. Because they are afraid of the presence of God. Part of it because sometimes demons are in them. And demons don't like the presence of God. So the demon will tell those people, run out right now. Because they know that if they stay, demons have to come out. So demons will try to push people out of the presence of God. Therefore, every time in the scripture, when God shows up in a tangible way, the way the presence of God shows up, the Lord will say this way, don't be afraid. In Genesis chapter 26, verse 24, and the Lord appeared to him, mean Isaac, the same night and said, the thick, tangible presence of God show up to Isaac. I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear. 
Do not fear. We should run toward the presence of God. We should not run away from the presence of God. In the story of Moses, at the bottom of the mountain, I remember the story is that when the presence of God showed up as the fire on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain, the Bible said that Moses walked toward the glory, but all the children of Israel moved backward, run away. They were so afraid of the tangible presence of God. I hope that we are not that kind of people. We are the people who love to be around the presence of God. In Matthew, I'm going to read many scriptures to educate you. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 4. After the Sabbath, at dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. This is a time that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The glory of the Lord showed up as the angel showed up in front of the tomb. And the gods, look at the response. The gods shook. He was afraid. They were, not he. They were so afraid. They shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Let me ask this question. How do dead men look like? Do they sit on the chair? Do they stand up? Dead men look like somebody on the ground and could not move and look pale, look afraid. Sometimes when the presence of God shows up, we may be afraid and our physical body may respond to the presence of God that way. We lose strength and we fall under the power. We could not stand anymore. That happened to me many, many times. I remember when I welcomed the fire of God into this church in 19... Let me think. 1990... Six, 1996, we have the church camp, and we invited a guest speaker from Australia. His name is Dr. Richard Holland. Thank you so much. Richard Holland. And he talked about the file of God, visited Melbourne, Australia. And the preacher came, who came to our church a few months ago, went there and invited a young boy come up to the stage and lay hand on this young boy. The young boy was touched by God, got drunk in the Holy Spirit. When this young boy went back to the school, he walked into the classroom, everybody fell under the power, including the teacher. The presence of God still lingering on this young boy on Monday after Sunday service. And this Pastor, the Pastor Richard Holland came to our camp. He, now he really believed in the file of God. So I never forgot. I was worshiping God. And he walked by me. He did not even touch me. He walked by me and the presence of God touched me. The next thing I know, I was on the ground. I did not even know when I fell, but boom, like this. I was on the ground and I could not move for 
a long time. The presence of God was on my body. I was like a paralyzed man. I could not get up. My body just lose all the strength because the presence of God touched me on that day in the camp. And that's just one example. I have so many examples that God touched me, and I was like a dead man because God touched me. In the book of John, chapter 18, verses 1 to 6, when Jesus has spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back, they were afraid, and fell to the ground. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. The glory of the Lord was on his body. He wanted to show all these people that he was not just a simple man. He was a son of the living God. All this God, all this soldier just went to the ground because of the presence of God was there in the form of Jesus Christ. So I pray that we all will carry the presence of God that way in our life. Everywhere we go, the presence of God is with us. When I went to Thailand, people always give me the story, the line of people. Each line may be about 30 people. Two sides, each side, 30 people, 60 people, and about 50 lines in the big room. So I have to walk between two sides and lay hand like this. Because so many people, 3,000 people, I cannot lay hand one by one. I need to lay hand with my both hands. And a lot of people say this way, that when they heard my sound coming close, about maybe five feet, when I walked close, they began to shake. It's not me. The glory of the Lord was on me. And they began to shake, and I did not even touch them. Not even to them, they fell under the power already. Because of the glory of the Lord was in that place. I like that song. The glory of the Lord is in this place. I like that song because I want the glory to show up in my bedroom, to show up in my car, to show up in the operating room. I want the glory of the Lord to be with me, to help me. I'm hungry for the presence of God. So that is the reaction. The thick presence of God show up. People were afraid and people can lose strength. People have the physical body reaction. One of the physical body reaction is that demon can come out from people. Lately, I got a lot of testimony from Thailand. There are churches pop up in Thailand that move in the file of God. And one of the testimony that very common in Thailand is this, that when they come into the meeting and the pastors start to lay hand on people, some people start to feel demon come out of them. Some of them have to run to the restroom 
and vomit and cough because they feel so much coming out of them. And after that, God healed their body, God healed their depression, and God healed their finances. Demons that come to kill, to steal, and to destroy were taken away by the presence of God. I love that. I want to see that in America more. That you show up, demons will have to leave because they cannot be around the presence of God. But your desire needs to be like this. God, I want your presence. God, I don't want the presence of demon in my life. They come to kill, to steal, and to destroy me. Get out of here. I don't want you demons. Amen? The third definition of the word glory is the glory of the Lord refers to His majesty and His kingly splendor. The king looks so beautiful, looks so glorious, looks so powerful. When you say glory, you say God. You look so beautiful. You look so glorious. You read the description of the Bible about Jesus. When Jesus showed up on the Mount of Configuration, what happened? He shied the light out of him. His skin looked so white. You remember when the servant of God named Moses walked out from the mountain. The glory of the Lord was on him that shone the light out of his face that he has to put the veil in front of his face because no one can look at him. The splendor, the majesty of the king was on Moses, was on Jesus Christ on that mountain. When Jesus came into the world, he left that glory before he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He left that glory in heaven. He came into the world as a human being like you and me. Until the day he was baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River, then the glory came back on him. But from birth to 30 years old, he did not carry that glory. He was just a human being. How can we know that? It's in the Bible. There is a prophecy concerning Jesus Christ coming to the world in a human form. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2. He, mean Jesus, grew up before him, before the Father, like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty, which means splendor, majesty, glory, or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Jesus gave up glory to become a man. But later on, he got the glory back at the Jordan River and he moved in the glory. He wanted to identify himself with human beings like us. He was born in the human form, but he never sinned. He left heaven, he left beauty and glory in heaven, the majesty in heaven, and he came into the human form. But now, where is he? Where is Jesus now? How many people know? In heaven. Where? In heaven. At the right hand of the Father. Now we're going to look at the prophecy concerning Jesus now. Now. Not at the time he came the first time. I'm going to read to you the prophecy concerning Jesus now. Psalm chapter 24, verses 7 to 10. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. 
the King of Glory shall come in, the second coming. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates! Lift up your everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall come in. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord of Hosts. He is the King of Glory. Five times in these few verses, the Lord Jesus is called the King of Glory. He is the King who is full of majesty and splendor, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore. When we come into the church, even though we laugh, we dance, but our attitude should be still honoring the Lord. He is the King of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. We honor Him with our mouth, with our body language, with our finances, with our way of life. I always tell my patient that I will never lie to you. I will tell you the truth. I will treat you like my family members. You know why I say that? Because I want to give God the glory. I don't want to cheat anybody. I don't want to lie to make money. I want to live a life that gives glory to the Lord. He deserves that glory, that honor from our life. He is the King of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, gave up His glory to be born into the human form. He humbled Himself to be born from God to man. First level of humility. Then He humbled Himself to wash the feet of the disciple. To wash the feet of somebody as a slave is the lowest kind of slave in that generation. There are many levels of slave. But washing the feet of the guests who come into the room, that is the lowest kind of slave. He washed the feet to show that he humbles himself to be the servant. And then he humbled himself, the third level, to be naked on the cross in front of the eyes of people. He was ridiculed. People laughed at him. He humbled himself to be killed just like a criminal. He humbled himself three levels to show us that the way to get God's glory into your life is to humble yourself. Now look at how God glorified him because of his humility. Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. And being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, given him the name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow, and of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth. He was 
exalted by the Father three levels. He humbled himself three levels. He was willing to give up his glory. Humbled himself three levels. He was exalted three levels. Number one, he was raised from the dead and have a new glorious body. He could walk through the wall. New glorious body. Two, he was exalted by being lifted up to heaven. First one, out of the tomb with a new body. Second one, his body was lifted up in front of the 500 people's eyes to see that he was lifted up to heaven. Third level, he is right now sitting at the right hand of the Father. You know what right hand means? The top leader. Top leader is a right hand man. He was lifted up. If you want God to give you more glory, if you want God to honor you, exalt you, you need to be humble. The most humble, the more humble you are, the more God will lift you up. Don't boast about yourself. Give glory to God. Whatever good things happen to you, don't say, look at how good I am, how wonderful I am, how smart I am. Don't say those things. It's come from God. Give God the glory. Actually, today, when that patient of mine who has no more foot pain after surgery, I find out that she's a Christian later on. And she said, Dr. Lau, thank you so much. You're a wonderful doctor. Could you please don't be, not be retired? And I look at her eyes and, uh, I don't know, I'm getting older, I need to be retired. And then, after she said, you're such a good doctor, you know what I did? I make my hand like this. Not me. And she lift her hand up too. Yes! She said, God sent me to you. A lot of people pray to find the right neurosurgeon. And after they got healed from surgery, they say, thank God that he sent me to the right neurosurgeon. Actually, today I saw another patient of mine who came in with all the pain and sickness. And she went to see so many doctors in town. And no one can do anything for her. Pain in her neck, pain in her hair, pain everywhere. She came to see me three years ago. I fixed everything. Everything. And now all the pain are gone. And she told me, where is your church? I believe God sent me to you. I'm going to come to your church. So maybe this Sunday I will see her. Amen? God's the glory is there with us. And when we have the glory of God because we humble ourselves, God will even lift us up. Give glory to the Lord all the days of your life. If you read the Bible carefully, you can see that the Bible always Connect the word glory to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All the three persons of the Godhead were labeled God the glory. Let me read about the Father first. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. He is a majestic God. He's a God of high standard of morality. He's a God that wants to show up in a thick present in a thick way, in a tangible way, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 
Can God give us wisdom? How to handle things in life? He's a God of God of glory, God of wisdom, and God of revelation. We need to welcome the presence of God. Let the King of glory show up in our life. Now, look at Jesus. Psalm 24, verse 7. Lift up your head, all you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. The Bible called Jesus the King of glory. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, talking about Jesus again. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. And then, the Bible called Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus is our hope of glory. Amen. I mentioned on Sunday that if you face trouble, stand in faith. Joy. Rejoice. Because Jesus is our hope. Eventually, we're going to win. And not just only win, win with the hope of glory. We're going to be, have, a, have a big, big victory if we don't give up and we walk in faith. Amen. Stand in faith. Our Jesus Christ is the hope of our glory in the future. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. James chapter 2 verse 1 talk about Jesus again. My brother, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with partiality. The Bible called Jesus the Lord of glory. Our Father in heaven is the God of glory. Our Lord Jesus, our Savior, is the Lord of glory. He is full of majesty, full of honor. He is full of morality. He is full of excellence. Thing. He is full of power and wisdom. Amen? First Peter chapter 4, verse 14. First Peter 4, 14. Talk about the Spirit of God. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, Blessed are you, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of glory. All three parts of Godhead is called the God of glory, the hope of glory, the Lord of glory, the Spirit of glory. Now, let me read Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is our homework here? We need to grow. We need to grow. We cannot stay baby forever. Grow in what? In understanding the grace of God. And to know who God is. We need to know our God. Who God is. I have been married since 1981. This year, I know Pastor Da, my wife. Pastor Da has meeting to do tonight. She cannot make it. I know my wife more than 30 years ago. Why? I spend time with her all the time. Now I know what she likes and what she doesn't like. I know if I do something... I can have eyes contact 
And I know right away, uh, uh, I need to stop that. I know my wife more and more every year. I know what she will be upset about and what she likes. So the same thing, we need to know our God. And our God that we want to know is the God that to Him be the glory both now and forever. The last definition of the word glory in English, the glory of the Lord referred to the excellencies of His divine perfections, attributes, and characteristics. When you say the glory, His characteristics, His attributes, His presentation is perfect and excellent and is a divine thing, not human thing. Absolutely perfect. No flaw, no mistake. You will not find even little single mistake or negative thing in your God. His wisdom is excellent and perfect. His judgment is excellent and perfect. His knowledge is perfect and excellent. His love, His grace, His power, everything about Him is perfect. No imperfection can be found in our God. His judgment is perfect. That's why the Bible says, To Him be glory both now and forever. Not just now. Forever. Amen. When I read about the sinking of seraphim in Isaiah chapter 6, I imagine of seraphim sinking this way in heaven. Holy, 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 holy. And they have been sinking for eternity. Why? Because it will take eternity for them and for us to know about the perfection of the characteristics and the attributes of God. It takes eternity. Today, year 2019, I know about God's glory more than 1981. But do I know them all? No. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I still have more faith in it and learning more and more. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to still sing, Holy, Holy. I need to learn more about you because it's so perfect without any mistake. Amen? I want to give you a lifetime homework. Lifetime, when I say lifetime, means until you pass from this, actually, I should call eternal homework. Eternal means from today to eternal life in heaven forever. This is your homework. Listen carefully. This is your homework and my homework. Every believer has this homework. Our homework is this. Two things. Beholding the glory of God. Second homework, 
ascribing the glory of God. Everyone say beholding. Beholding, beholding is a word that very difficult for me as a man who grew up in Thailand to understand. But I think American people understand better than me because you grew up in English-speaking world. But for me, I try to understand the word beholding. The word beholding means looking intently to something that is significant, honorable, and important. Like I like to look at Pasada. I come home and look at her, my wife. She's so beautiful. She's so glorious. I like I like to keep looking at my wife. When she sleep at night, I usually sleep after her. She falls asleep before me, and she, I just keep looking. I'm, I was beholding my wife, who is beautiful, righteous, and very godly woman. Your spiritual eyes keep looking intently to the glory of God, to the perfection of God, to the excellency of God, His perfect love, His perfect grace, His perfect mercy, His perfect compassion, His perfect judgment, His perfect characteristic and patience and long-suffering. You keep looking at Him for eternity. One day when we go to heaven... We're going to keep looking at the Father at the throne for eternity. Everyone say, beholding. I hope you do this homework. Second one, ascribing. Ascribing. What does it mean, ascribing? Explain and describe on talking and showing, ascribing. So our job is to keep looking to His glory. And the second job is we speak as Christ and show to the people in the world how God look like. When people look at you, listen to what you say, look at your eye contacts, look at your smiling, look at how you treat your wife, how you treat other people. You are ascribing the glory of the Lord. Amen? In Ephesians chapter 1, 11 to 12, the Bible says, In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. What does it mean? You all are called to show and to ascribe the glory of God. When people look at you, praise the Lord. He's so kind. He's so generous. He's so loving. She is so joyful. She's so positive. You don't speak sarcastic word. You speak positive word, blessing word. People come around you and they say, Ooh, praise God. I can see glory. The glory of God is on you. The standard of His excellency, His majesty, His presence, His perfection is on you. Should that be our goal as a believer? 
I don't believe in building a church with a lot of sins and divorce and cheating and corruption in the church. Gossiping. I don't believe that. I believe the church must be holy. People walk into the church, they need to see the glory of Jesus Christ. They need to see the Lord of glory. Amen? Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 20. They talk about nature of God, attributes of God, qualities of God, characteristics of God. We need to produce this characteristic in our life. Let the glory fill us and shine that characteristic out. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Do you live your life that way? That when people look at you, God gets the glory from you. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 21. To him be glory in the church. Can people see the glory of God in the church? Or see a messing up thing? Or sin? Or evil people? That you see the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 17. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I set the goal in my life. I love the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit so much that I want people to see God's glory through my life, on my life. I want to be filled with the glory. Everywhere I go, I want to respond the way God wants me to respond. I want to walk in a godly way. I want to follow God's way. Because my action, again, people don't see Jesus, is all right? He's in heaven. People don't see the Holy Spirit. People don't see the Father. Who do they see? You and me. How can we give him the glory? Our lifestyle. Our way of life. Amen. We need to show that glory to the people around us. Amen. Now, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 17 and 18. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. The Spirit of glory. And where the Spirit of the Lord is... There is liberty. When the Spirit of God touches, He sets us free from hatred, from selfishness, from wrong thinking, from bad mouth, from bad words, from bad habit. He sets us free. There is a liberty. So the church needs to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. But we all, with unveiled face, this part, the Apostle Paul talked about Moses. When Moses came down from mountain, he put the veil in front of his face. No one could see the glory on his face. But now we don't need that veil anymore. Unveiled face. Beholding. What is beholding mean? Looking intently to something that is significant, honorable, and important. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We take the veil out from our eyes and we look at God by our spirit, the glory, the perfection of God. We, being transformed into the same image from glory, from one level of God's excellency or perfection or attributes to another level of glory, 
just as by the Spirit of the Lord. What does it mean here, this scripture, in the practical point? What it means is this. We, as believers in this generation, run to God. Run to the glory. Run to the fire of God. Run to the presence of God. And when we run to the outer core, we look up to him. We do not look at Pastor Lau. You look up to him and say, God, I want to know your glory. I want to be touched your glory. I want to be moved from glory to glory to glory. I want the Holy Spirit to come down on me and get rid of junk out of my life, set me free from all the junks that come from my generation and past generation. You know, every nationality has some junk, believe me. Thai people have some junk too. Chinese people have some junk in their life too. American people have some junk too. I'm not looking down on anybody. We need to get rid of some junk in our society. God is going to take that out from our life and put the glory of heaven on our life so that we will be moved from glory to glory to glory. And who is doing that job? Not Dr. Lau. Not Pastor Caesar. The one who's going to do that job is the Spirit of Glory. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And what is the name of the Spirit of the Lord? The Spirit of Glory. So, we look at the glory. We come to the glory. Let the Spirit of Glory touch us. And change us from glory to glory to glory. Yes. Is it clear? Yes. Now you understand more? Yes. Let me read the last passage. Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 3. This is a scripture to all of you. How many people are disciples of Jesus Christ? How many people follow Jesus? This scripture is for you and me. Arise. Shine. You remember the Bible talk about the glory is the brightness of God. Shine. For your light has come. Your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. You look at the situation on earth right now. Full of darkness. People are sick. People sin, cheat, lie to one another, corruption. Today, one of my patients told me, Dr. Lau, I have a sad story to tell you. Two days after my surgery, my husband sent me the legal paper to divorce me. He flirted with a 20 years old worker in his company. And he wants to dumb me. This is sad. Very sad. The world is full of darkness. Everywhere. Don't be surprised to see the world. Full of darkness. Everywhere. Sickness, disease, cancer, poverty, accident, calamity. All kinds of problems in the world. But who going to try the light into this dark world? Deep darkness, the people. But the Lord will rise over you. Who is the vessel on earth to bring the glory, to bring the light? Who? Point to yourself. Me. Point to the person next to you. You. 
But the Lord will arise over you. The glory of the Lord will rise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. Can people see the glory of the Lord on you? Or when they see you, they say, oh, "I don't want to be around this guy. He's so mean. He always sarcasm me. He always cheat me. He always take advantage of me." No, no, no way. I don't want this guy around me. He's so mean. He's so stingy. He never helped me. No, that is not the glory of the Lord. His glory will be seen upon you, and the Gentiles shall come to your light. When you're full of the glory, many people are going to get saved. Many people are going to come to you and say, uh, Can I see your God? How can I know your God? Come to my church. This is the Bible. Read the Bible. You're going to know God is good. God is full of light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Wow. In conclusion, the glory of the Lord. What is the conclusion? Number one, the glory of the Lord is his standard of his moral excellence. He's a moral God. Two, weighty presence of God. Weighty manifest presence of God. You can feel, he can touch you, you can feel his presence. Three, brightness of God. When the glory show up, there will be brightness there. Four, divine majesty, beauty and splendor as the king of all kings. Five, the excellency of his divine perfection, attribute, characteristics, and nature. So every time you say glory, all this meaning in that word. You want him to show up? You want him to touch you? Feel you? You receive the glory and let the glory come upon you and you shine that glory into this dark society that people will see the glory on your life. The glory of the Lord. Amen? Amen? If Christians in the world are like this, I think many people will come to know Jesus Christ. A lot of people are going to be saved. Amen? I want excellent wisdom from God. I want His excellent judgment, excellent love, excellent grace, excellent patience, and long-suffering, and forgiveness, and kindness. I want His excellent attribute on my life. That's my goal. That's my homework. I want to grow up every year from glory to glory to glory. Do we need the Word of God? Yes. Is the Word of God alone enough? No. That's why our church would like to practice 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We want the glory to show up and fill His people. Change you from glory to glory to glory. The word is just the head knowledge. But the person who's going to change you to become like Jesus is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of glory. He brings real glory to you, touch you, feel you, cast out something out of you. That's how we walk a Christian life. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. Tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, I tell you the truth, it's up to you. For me, 
I don't want to be the same man. I want to grow up. I want to know my God more. I want to become more like Jesus. I want to move from glory to glory to glory. I don't think I have arrived. I don't think I have finished my course. I still have a long way to go. I want the word and I want the glory to fill my life. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many people want to have the glory on your life? When we talk about the fire of God, actually the same meaning. Fire. What does fire do? Burn. Talking about what? Purification. Talking about liberty, cleansing. What else does fire do? Give light, illuminate. So the glory give light? Yes. The glory cleanse you, give you liberty. Three, the fire, not only that, give you power. Power to go on. When we talk about the fire, actually it's the same thing as the glory. The tangible, big presence of God to come into your life. And we need to keep that fire. We need to keep the glory, not just keep, but beholding, ascribing, and growing more from glory to glory to glory to glory. My goal is that when I turn 80 years old, 75 years old, 90 years old, 100 years old, 120 years old, when I turn that age, I just walk by somebody and my shadow fall on them, demon have to go out. Because the glory is so thick on me. It's not that thick yet, but I'm pursuing more glory, more thick presence of God. I am hungry and thirsty for the presence and the move of God. I want to be like Peter, like Paul. I like to be like Philip's demon come out from people. Amen? How many people are hungry? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Friends think that 
Thank you.